That's what I do for a living, bro. I fit shit. Even on live sounds, you know? Live live sound is no joke. Like, this is the type of shit that you deal on live sound, you know? When you're... When something happens, you only have, like, less than five minutes. I mean, let me put it this way. You got a 30-second timer on your on your head. Yep. And you got to fix it right there. You got to drop to fix it. Yeah, you have to drop everything. Go fix it. That's it. Party keeps going. Party keeps going. That that's that's about as stress as like you know bomb tech. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole lot of pressure. I'm alright. Yeah, yeah. No, like I don't know why people are like want to stress themselves up with you know being a bomb tech. Like you know, let me. You know what? It's cool to build a little pipe bomb. Why not? I don't want to blow my fingers off because I sneezed. Fuck that. <laughs> like, what the fuck happens if it's just dusty that day? You're like, no, it's no big deal. I do this all the time. Wind blows through. Like, fuck <laughs> Even the bomb squad people, like from the police, going on themselves, oh, yeah, I'm going to defuse the bus. Like, what happens if you defuse the wrong cable? You go from hero to evil real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Now they got those fucking living nightmare dog things they send in. Those weird robot dogs. I don't know if you've seen that, but that is nightmare fuel. Robot dogs? Yeah. Straight up robot dogs, man. Like they literally without the four legs, four legs without the head and it's just a camera and just going around. Going on all sorts of obstacles. Yeah, it's creepy as shit. Like there's videos of like those dudes like trying to kick them over and the thing like auto corrects itself and stands back up with no problem. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I don't want to get chased down by that in the middle of nowhere because of a speeding ticket or something. I'm good. Have we not learned from movies? This is exactly what happened in Terminator. Skynet, bro, fucking Black Mirror. The fuck we're talking about? We're heading to this future. Fucking A. Yeah, I'm not wanting to get chased down by iRodog. No, thanks. Yeah, I don't need fucking Megatron on my ass every other day. Like swooping in license and registration. <laughs> what the fuck? Holy shit. You know the police will be the first to get that tech, too. That'll be the shit part about it. The police and the military will be the first to get that damn tech. Having fucking giant robots? Japan is already ahead of schedule. Yeah, I know. I saw that shit. They got that working gun. Be fair, I want to pilot it. I want to be a pilot for that Gundam, too. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. That'd be cool. I'm I'm plotting a course. This is like, all right, I need a team so we can steal that Gundam and we can walk away with it, you know? This motherfucker trying to pull Ocean's Eleven on a gun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got the cracker. We have the hacker. We got like all 12 people trying to fucking roll out a semi-truck with a full-size goddamn mech on the back of it. Until it's moving. Yeah. No thanks. No, <laughs> no, but they built another one um, on Asia, like somewhere in China. They built another one. And I'm like, that's the one I want because that's the one that can fly. That's the, that's one, the that, one that's going to work right. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. I can get away with that one. OK, and I can hide it in the ocean. All right. We got this. We got this. <laughs> that's fucking gold. Bro, if if the Japanese army decided like, yo, we're going to declare war, war with people, it's like, dude, you're fucked. Like, everybody in the world is going to fuck you up. We got Gundams. All right, let me be the first volunteer 
to pilot one of those Gundams and I will help you kill wherever you got to kill. Right? That's a country that literally lets you sleep in a tube on the side of the road. I'm pretty sure they're a little farther than we are in this shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always believe that Japan is one of those countries in the world that's always technology-wise very futuristic. Like, it's ahead of the time. Like, yeah, I'm right. pretty sure by the time we had iPhones, I'm pretty sure these motherfuckers already had something similar, Samsung, Sony shit, uh, smartphones over there. They were already into it. We, we just got it late. Right. It's already just like built into some random stuffed animal they've got on their keychain. We're just sitting here with the iPhone, like trying to go around that clunky iOS. It's some random. Yeah, bro. That, that That's the, it's like, yo, what are we doing wrong? Like, fucking look at fucking Japan. Be like Japan. Right? Where's my beer vending machines? What the fuck? I want to be able to step out, put a dollar in a machine and get me a beer. What? I know, right? I want to fuck. I want to go walk around and say, oh, look, Coca-Cola. Yeah, no. Oh, Heineken? Corona? Bud Light? Oh, wait a minute. Right. I, I think I got a dollar. I can, I can, I can, put, I can grab a beer. Why not? It's a good day when I can get a coffee and a PBR out of the same machine. It's a good day when you can actually have a pizza, red oven, ready to go, on they the on the shit. on the machine. Yeah, they got they got right. ready to make sushi's already done. Pento boxes like that. They got oh, bro. Some they got some got, like. What do we got? Those fucking like Vespas that deliver pizzas now over here. That's like the best we got is those AI Vespas. Those things kind of creep me the shit out. I'm going to be honest. The Domino ones? Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. The fact that it's autopilot, the car only takes you to the address and then you just type in your credit card and whatnot and boom, and it drives off. There's literally nobody in there. Yeah, I know. It's creepy. Oh, I'm just laughing at the point. It's like, be damn little Jimmy decided to chase his ball down the street at the wrong time. You just had to get that double meat lovers, didn't you? <laughs> That's a wild take. That's a wild take. My my wild take will be um, like, okay, what happens if you hit a gate? How are you going to call? How are you going to get in? Wait. You got your fucking like pizza vest, but just stuck in a fucking ditch somewhere, like a pothole, like three streets down. You're pissed off. Like, where's my food? <laughs> Little <laughs> things just sitting there burning out on the side of Washington and Lincoln. Can't get nowhere. It's like literally it's in the same spot for the past three hours. Did an accident happen? Yeah, your pizza. Right. <laughs> and who the hell's to stop people like me seeing that damn thing going down the road and stopping it myself? Like, I know there's pizza in that son of a bitch. I'm going to tackle Pizza wars. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't even front. I'm telling you right now. I see that fucking pizza Vespa scoot down my street. I'm robbing that thing. Bro, that'll be I'm the, getting your pizza. That'll be the day I will officially call myself a pizza pirate. <laughs> I think I've been lost for that shit. That's fucking it's like you wouldn't pirate a movie. Don't pirate a pizza. <laughs> it's like, hey, this is the perfect time for me to actually be an actual real life pirate and just jump over to that fucking car and steal the fucking pizza and climb back to my car and go home. 
you know, start making those fucking ads from like back in the 90s and what and it's like you wouldn't steal from a grandma so don't steal movies they're just gonna change it to pizzas holy shit i remembered those back in the days that i always right. look at it and i was just hila- i was just hilariously laughing at it because i just basically use one of my old tapes that i don't use and just record whatever is on tv still remember as like a really little kid laughing at when you're like your cousin would bring over the old VHS and whatnot and it would still have that like they just recorded that part too and yeah. the like, huh. like huh <laughs> didn't even bother to wait to hit the record like fuck it record the copyright thing too I don't give a damn <laughs> I remember like you hear those rips off SoundCloud now that still have the watermark in them and the people don't give a shit they still play this- it oh I have issues with those watermarks I have fucking issues. Like, I can never play a song if it has a watermark. Mitch Down by DJ Nitro. DJ Nitro. He is the best, best. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, it just reminds me of that whole era. Of the Damn, son, where'd you find this that one? Is- <laughs> Yo, believe it or not, I actually like doing those pre, uh, pre-vocal drops and doing watermarks and whatnot. I mean... Thank God I actually did like free fucking sample packs for Hybrid Trap. All those were done by me. Oh, fuck yeah. That's dope. That was like the best thing I've ever done. I, I had lots of fun. I Because no doubt. It, it was at the time in which I was starting making dubstep songs. And I've been listening to a lot of tracks. And they had one of these coolest pre-drops that I was like, fuck, bro. I wish I had that. Like, where'd they find that? It's like anime shows and TVs and whatnot. And sometimes in the radio, sometimes for others, other people's tracks. It's like, I can never find one clear that I can use it. That's, yeah. So I, I decided to take matters into my own hands. Bought myself a nice mic. Did it myself. I just basically did like 200 of those in one sample pack. And I just did it right there in, in Ableton. That's solid shit. That's a lot. No, yeah, that's a lot. I thought, I thought, I thought that was like suffice. It's like, man, is that too too little? Because I never done sample packs in my life. I just or done any vocal packs at all. I've never done it. So I just basically hit up um the people from Hybrid Trap because they, at the time they were releasing my music with them. I just told them to hey, like I'm doing my own vocal pack. Like if you guys want to release it under your brand, under your own pets and all you gotta do is just let everybody know to follow me i'm down yeah i'm down for that and if you guys got certain words that you want me to say send it over send me a list and i'll say it you should probably look into that because i do that for the homies all the time like on half the cruise tracks throughout like oh for real kaiju pit or grocery boys there's a possible chance you've probably heard (laughs) something i've said that's just been distorted or (laughs) tuned or something i'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not gonna rule it. I'm pretty sure. I I had um thoughts. Andrew, he actually yeah. he actually used one of my packs because like when I told him it's like when I told him this story about Hybertrad and the vocals, he's like, "Oh no way! You mean the ones that Hybertrad has, like the free sample packs that they got?" It's like, "Yeah, all done by me. Effects and everything, mid and master, all by me." It's like, dude, I'm pretty sure I use one of those on one of my tracks. 
actually, I agree with him. I'm pretty sure I've used one of those on my tracks too, actually. Used your you used that for like a chop and used it for yeah. like text throughout the entire song too. Yeah. <laughs> yes, success. Hell yeah, Mama, I made it. Mama, I made it to Forbes. <laughs> right? Fuck yeah. <laughs> On the way. That's no, I give cool. it to Andrew Fox. Is a fucking champion. I love that. I love that dude to death, and he's really good. Man, shout out to fuck guys. Just got on confessions recently too. Actually, if he's gonna flex a little bit, flexing a little bit, man. We had a nice fucking conversation the other day, man. He's actually getting released on March because that's how I got all my episode schedule. I had Ryan at the last month of February, then him, and then you, and then the the next people I'm interviewing tomorrow. All this every day for this week, I got interviewers. I got, busy. yeah, gotta gotta keep it busy, bro. Gotta keep this ship going, bro. I got people. All these episodes are gonna be scheduled from from here all the way to, luckily, to until May. All right, word. So at least you got your itinerary rolled out. That's yeah, order. I need I need to plan it out, but I I'm very grateful that it all started in in my vacation in in December when I interviewed some of the people who won the the disciple remix competition. Oh yeah. Shout out to all those guys, man. They all say they all pull through. They came through and they say, yeah, I'm down for it. Interviewing all, excuse me, all of them uh, like in the span of two weeks, at least the people that answer my email. Some of them didn't bother to answer them. Some of them did, but they say like, let me take a look at yours. Sure. Never reach back. And some of them just ghost me afterwards. I was like, I, I, yeah, I it's brush them off. Like, all right, whatever. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It's funny, bro. It's it's just it's funny because I have I have big homies as well that they ghosted me to like established artists. I do not well. I'm, I'll bleep it out. Um, damn, really? That's fucked. He and he was a tour. He was a mentor. Like I learned sound design properly from him. I learned how to mix properly from him. Oh, that's sick, though. Like he he it's offense to nitty gritty. Yeah, he he hooked me up with Kyle Company and at that time he was still didn't know whether he should change names or not. And this man just casually dropping heroes names right now. Shit, I, I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm hooked. I got people. I got people. Reels and then the handshakes. What we was talking, they go a long way. Hanses, yeah, and but yeah, like I, I only got one session with Kyle because um, company was always busy. He, it was at that time when he was, I think he was like starting enough to get out of cymatics and starting to work on Never Say Die full full throttle. So that I, was his busy era. That was his most busy era. So I only did one session with him, and I was like, and, and it was hard to get that one session. Afterwards, I got to. At the time, he was careless. Now, time, and he was a homie. He mentored me, and I and I I and I I feel for it. I feel for him, you know, for his struggles and all the shit that he was going through. Because you know, at the time, I didn't know much. I was like, dude, like you got you got like twenty k followers, bro. Like you got never say die label sign one of the biggest fucking dubstep labels in the world. You know, like. You're making it. You're doing it. It's like, yeah, not really. 
And then that's where he, he told me his side. His side, this is what he told me at that time. He wasn't really making it at that, like he wasn't getting booked for shows as much as he can. He his mon his income was basically from doing tutoring sessions with me and others as well and being a Lyft driver. Yeah. So that was his income, you know, and like I fell for it. And when he told me his story, I was just like, damn. So now I understand where all the income comes from. You know, it's not in your as a producer and in the ADM scene, at least, you know, most of your income does not come from music. I, obviously, I cannot speak for others, you know, like others, uh, like others who make beat makers. That's a different ball game. Like beat makers. You get paid like you get paid either up front or later on, but you you work it out. You get paid a certain. And if the person is good for the money that they actually pull through and pay it off. That's a different topic for another day and another time. But as yeah, an that's idiot leasing, that's a whole different thing. Yeah, not that, that's not your shit anymore. Once it's leased, that's theirs. Exactly. That that's different. That's different because being a being a producer as a producer producer to making songs for artists is different for being a producer of yourself, making your own music and putting it out there to, to, to either yourself independently or these labels, whatnot. It's a different ball game. For some reason, the money is not the same. Like getting paid in the EDM scene as a producer is pennies. In fact, yeah, it's, a, it's a pipe dream. It's a pipe dream. Yeah. Fracture of the pennies. And this is something that I mentioned before in my podcast that I did and I and I made it very clear and I did the math and everything, like giving, you know, example math, you know, saying like, dude, guys, all these people, your favorite DJs out there, their basic income comes from them performing and merch, no music, music. Like, like the perfect example, Skrillex. Skrillex doesn't see his royalty checks a year after he releases songs. Yep, At, you don't get nothing for a year. For a year. And, and they're lucky if they could get it after a year when it was released. Sometimes it gets delayed for, for God knows reasons. And sometimes it gets delayed for, um, oh, let me accumulate it all the way to a cap. And once that cap hits... Then yep. oh, and then you get your chunk and it's taxed and you get a huge cut of it off the top. It, yeah. it's, it's not a pleasant scenario. No, yeah, no. Like, guys, like if you really want to be a music producer in the EDM scene, bro, you guys need to know all these struggles that you guys need to know all these challenges. These challenges don't come on handy. Like, like it's a struggle. And that's why I fell for him. Like, that's why I fell for all these homies of mine that, you know, when the pandemic hit, I fell for these guys. My buddies, Modestep, like shout out to Josh and Pat. These, those are good homies as they came over my home. They stay and they perform. I love those guys. They like I could have never met any nicer people like those guys. Those guys have a heart and a soul, you know, and Just straight wholesome. Yeah, straight wholesome. And I fell for those guys when they were struggling, especially when they were literally. I'm telling you, there were a about to start their own tour, Modestead Live. They're about to do their own bookings. They had books all, all around. Like they were ready to go out and they were ready to release their EPs and shit. Pandemic hit, it shut everything down. And mind you, these guys are from England. So they're on a visa. Yeah. 
And that visa they got hit hard. Yeah. They were luckily, luckily, they managed to stay in America in LA. And they can work it out from their visa. But for those of you who don't know, when you're out, you're, when you're internationally and you work on a visa here in the States, I don't know how it works in other countries, but here in the States, you're only here for as long as you have a job. So if you're not making any money, there's no reason why they, they, sh they shouldn't deport you. If you can't report an income, they get rid of you. So, I, hey. I was feeling for these guys, man, and it sucked. And, and obviously, and I'm just speaking from my homies, the people that I know. I'm just speaking be on behalf of them. God knows what everybody has gone through who is a producer at that, that was struggling midway. Like, I'm pretty sure you were struggling in the pandemic as well. Oh, yeah. That's how it all, like, it, it helped me get my boost to get shit started. But it, it seriously, like, when you're working against the tide of how things are, it didn't help. Like, yeah, it opened the door for everybody, but because of that floodgate, basically, you couldn't make any headway. There, there, was, no, there was no way to play. Everybody was doing their things from the inside. So the moment yeah. that you tried to promote or do anything, you were just lost in the flood of digital release. So it's not like any of us were able to make any ground until recently when things started to open back up. Individuality came, and I hate to say it, but those who got burnt out during that period left the game and yeah. made room for others. It's a shame. It is It is really shitty, but that is kind of the way of the nature. Where ones fall off, others come up to take their place. Yeah, and and I'm grateful for that, you know? And I will say yeah. I was probably one of those people that burned out earlier in my career before I even started, and I paved my way for, for the next gen to like, hey, just take it over. I'm not I'm not mad about it. In fact, I'm happy, like, I, like I said, earlier in our early conversations, um, I was in a deep place. I wasn't happy. And then when I found podcasting, I, I was back into my happy place. And now, like, I'm never letting go of this. Like, this is my 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 new passion. And talking to people around the world, hearing their stories, it's just, it's fulfilling for me. It's fulfilling. Like, yeah. getting, to see, getting to see the world and the experience through all the other's eyes it can be an insanely fulfilling experience. It's like all the things that you you may not get to do or you haven't done, you at least get to experience them secondhand. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like experiencing parts of the world that you're not in currently. It, yeah. It's cool. It's cool if you it's, think of it. I mean, that's, that's the best way. And introducing myself to new people and learning new people. Like we just met, but we've been talking for a few times, but we just met and... I love your oh, yeah. vibe, man. And I like to right off the bat, you're the shit, homie. Yeah. And that was, I'm looking forward for many, for many conversations you and me we're gonna have in the future, bro. And oh, I, hell yeah, that's definite. I ain't going nowhere. You're gonna see my name quite a bit. Hell yeah. That's how we gotta do it, bro. Let's go, bro. And and I wish that I like I wish that some of these people that I wanna share them, like, because I also wanna help them. Now it's not also like I wanna learn from their past experience or their struggles and whatnot. I also want to help them as much as I can. I don't know how big I am to to what reach I can do. I do remember there was one time that I promoted or I, I let somebody know like, yo, check this guy out. And now they're talking and making collabs. If, if you can help one person, then the mission was a success. And that's and that's my goal. I only need is one person. If I help right. one person... That's that's already enough for me. 
because then that one person becomes 10 and that 10 becomes a hundred and that hundred becomes a thousand and so on and so on and so on, bro. See, yep. I'm that's, that's how I made all my contacts. That's how I've all made all my following and my friends. I don't have a super big following, but everybody that does listen to my music and follows me and whatnot, it's most likely because at one point, I probably helped them along the way. It's like, oh, you need feedback. Oh, you need some graphics. Oh, you need pointers. You need some promotions. Right. Some reposts. I got you. No big deal, my friend. And now I'm, I'm here in this point and I've got all these friends that are, you know, they're there. They're, they're, yeah. they're actual people that we can connect to. And not just somebody that I throw a link to and be like, yo, run it up. I'm like, no, it's somebody. I'll post up something at like three o'clock in the morning when I don't think anybody's on. And then my buddy is like, that shit was hilarious, dog. Like, hey, yeah, 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 there you go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, isn't this what it's all about? Helping each other out, grow as a community, grow together. Exactly. You help one person up, they help you up the next step. It's, it's, it works in tandem like that. If you constantly push everybody down, then you'll be climbing this ladder alone and it's going to be a giant struggle. You help everybody up with you. We can each push each other up when we get tired. And, and, and bro, I don't know. I don't know how you see it in your area, but in my area, Miami, I see this shit all the time. Like you, I see the few people that do help out. Those are the people that I fuck with. And then I see the people that are running the rat race. And got their blinders on straight sprinting as fast as they can. Yeah. Cutting each other out, you know, effing everybody up, you know, like, dude, I get that. The, I get it that you want to make it, but dude, don't don't fuck someone else's livelihood ju just to gain personal gain out of you. You yeah. know, like there's enough food. Can't stress this shit enough. There's enough room for people to eat. Why yeah. are we killing each other out? Why are we dissing each other? Why are we doing this? I, I, I don't know. I don't know how it is in your area. I just know in Miami, that's how it is. That's how oh, it same. is. Same. Super cutthroat here. People don't get it that like they're literally there's enough for everybody to eat. As long as we share, there's literally enough for everybody, especially right now. It's a creative's world right now. Mm hmm. It's, there's really, there's so many chances for the creatives to step out and show their worth for things. People can find individual interests nowadays. It's not just, hey, everybody like what's on channel three or do whatever this person told you to do because that's all you see. There's right. so much of an influx of like information and entertainment now and we can all talk to each other. It's, it's time for all these creatives and these artists and adventures to shine. You don't need to step on other people's toes. You can show individually how awesome you are just by being awesome instead of being like i'm more awesome than they are you don't need to do that shit you don't need to do that shit no and it's and it's so funny because like it's it's incredible that the people that i know that i fuck with don't happen to live where i live here in miami like you fots and everybody from grocery bats and other people other people they're not from my scene that they're not here in miami it's like nah. those are my communities you guys like Holy shit. How is it possible that the only way for us to get along is that we're not from each other's community? Right, like, what the fuck is that? How wild is that? How wild is that? Because we're not neighbors, we can be friends. It's so fucked up. Like, it's mind-boggling for me to, f to even think about that. Like, like we're only going to get along when we, 
as long as we don't live in the community that we live in, like, damn, like these are the people that can fuck with, but they, but I cannot go to their crib and make some music or can I go to the studios? I cannot know. It has to be, you know, virtually. That's the only way to do it right. because the people in my community don't fuck like that. That they, they ain't like that because they like to cut people out. I feel like that's almost like that everywhere. Especially with the way things have been growing now, since we can all fucking meet up on Discord and on like fucking uh, FaceTime, Zoom, and all that shit, like it works. It's causing that fucking that disconnection as well. Yeah, like, I, I don't need to support the dude next to me because I'm already supporting these other motherfuckers right here. Yeah, like, no, you still need to support the the motherfucker next to you because they'll help you too. Like the digital the digital help is awesome. It is. It's fucking great. Pump your friends up. Mm -hmm. But locally. There's a whole lot more they can do for you. If only they can actually do it. If only, bro. And it and it sucks, bro. Because I wish I wish that I I don't know, bro. It's like I saw I saw it firsthand when I was coming up as a local, and I saw it firsthand with my local homies as well. And it's just like, damn, bro. Like if I can count from my, when I started out, I can only count like with one hand the people that. It, that we fuck with each other, that we can trust each other out that, you know, like he can come over to my set and he can go back to back with me and we'll be having a good time and shit when not. It's just, it's wild. Yeah, it's super selective in the local function, which to me, I agree. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get why it's that way. I feel like some of the blame has to go to the promoters as well. Yeah, that that is, I've noticed to be an issue of a trend. They, they, there's still, even though we're past a lot of that high school field, there's still a lot of click, yeah. a lot of group mentality kicked into this scene. And it's like, until we get rid of that mentality, we can't all play together friendly. And it's no, like, yeah. we got to stop clicking up. Like I've, I've interviewed promoters before because I used to be one of them and I hate being a promoter, but I did it because like, if I was going to gain access to some of these artists and network then and have conversations like the only way to do it is being a promoter and if yeah. i was gonna perform at one of these local shows like yeah i gotta do some of the free favor shit you know promotion and whatnot and i interviewed and i interviewed those same promoters that you know that helped me out when i was there you know because they've been doing it for years i only be doing it for like whatever i'm not because I, they know that I'm only here until my ticket calls and say like, hey, I'm out. That's it. And I interviewed it and we had these conversations. And one of them who happens to be the, the head of the one of the one of the leading promoters here in South Florida for some of the shows who started out Forbidden Kingdom as well, actually, before Insomnia bought them off, which in my personal opinion, that was a dumb thing to do. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there. Personal opinion. Hey, if they want to get quick, a uh, quick cash grab on that and have you know rights for them to go to that show all the time, kudos for them. Hey, they 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 believe they did the right thing and having that political power. I'm yeah. not, I wasn't in that meeting. Their Co choice. You're their, good. Right on. But yeah. In a different set of shoes, I might have acted a little differently. Exactly because you knew the monster potential that you were having and you were ready to compete in these major festivals like fuck excision was even helping you with all this um and we and forbidden kingdom was part of the excision um tour when he was doing yeah. his paradox tour before the paradox tour ended like 
he came to South Florida and he just basically spent those free days in South Florida on Forbidden Kingdom. Detox said, you know, old said, um, DMB said, destroy said, like they were great too. They were fucking amazing. And yo, in those early days when Forbidden Kitten started out, it was just like, yo, the momentum's happening. And then you have my boy and he really um putting his, you know, song out that like the Forbidden Kitten Athem, and then have everybody to hey, make a remix out of it, and you can and you can perform. Dude, they had that monster, and in my personal opinion, they fucked it up. They, they, they got themselves into the corporate level, and you know what's so fucked up about this? Which is why I was just like, what? Why? When I used to work with these guys, we used to work for Life in Color, which was under SS, SFS. No, I, I knew immediately. I was just like, okay, shit. SFS. The, the LSC who has a life in color and sunset music festival. And as soon as I learned that, holy shit, I have the chances to play in those festivals. And I did. I was just like, holy shit. I did it. I did it. I played in these major festivals. However, what happens on the behind the scenes is that the whole hand honcho was about to declare bankruptcy. So it's like, yeah, I got all this exposure and I played these shows, but there was nothing in it. All that money that was owed by me or by all these promoters and the head promoters that of the company that we used to work for it, vanish. Yeah, poof, gone. Because SFS Life and Color declared bankrupt. Yeah, there's nothing left after a chapter five. After a chapter five, you're donezo, basically. And when had when was the last time you heard of Life and Color? Now, no, you it's there, it's gone. This Godani had to go and get um had to put more money on as Sunset Music Festival so he can actually fucking own it instead of being under the umbrella of this major company. So that way, SFS can still pop off in Tampa. Basically take the major share to be able to keep pushing this product, exactly. even though it's still just a shell of what it was. Exactly. Which is why it was like kind of like mind-boggling for me to say like these guys are already going to this corporate sell the sell the festival to this corporate monster that you got in Somiak? Like, why would you do that? Like, you've, oh, you guys already been to this road before with Life in Color. Why is it that you, you're going this road again? Like, I'm not saying that Insomnia is going to declare bankruptcy anytime soon, but nobody believed that Life in Color was going to declare bankruptcy either. So, he's grabbing some decks. Ah, no worries. Uh, the view, I got the views here, you know? <laughs> yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Shout out to the homie. Right. Um, I brought the FLX six over to play around, try it out. Oh, that's not bad. Up. Not bad. That's what jog up. wheels are kind of shitty, honestly. Sorry, Pioneer, but Pioneer lately has been slagging on their on their products. Right? Quit making shit out of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because they they want to keep, you know, doing the CDJ four thousand. This is like dude, the two thousand was like the must have industry standard everywhere. And then we upgrading ourselves to the free thousand. Why? What, what's the whole need for it? It's like, it's already good. What else do we need? Oh, yeah. And they've already announced production on the next series too. And it's like, slow the fuck down. Like these guys, these, like at first I love Pioneer because of the products they did. They, their shit was literally industry top quality ship. And yeah. now it's becoming a pain in the ass. Yeah. Pretty mids. These companies are, are right now trying to do a ca cash grab, Ram. 
Oh, yeah, that's what it's all turning into. I mean, it'll collapse. It does this shit like every 20 some odd years. We'll get a whole bunch of crap and then they'll stall out. No one buys their shit. And they're like, oh, Coke classic. (laughs) I mean, that's what we thought. I mean, that's why um, Dan and step in the game. Yeah, no, they're fucking putting it down. Now, if only they could put the prices down a little farther, I'd be happy. That would be dope if they could put some of these turntables a little, you know, much more affordable. I thought that Den and CDJs um, were like affordable. They're like half the price of a Pioneer. Of the oh yeah, no, they're still way more affordable than the Pioneer. I'm just a cheap bastard and complains a lot, <laughs> right? Like, no, I'm happy with your prices. They could still go down a little bit though. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I paid too much money on my my fucking credit card bills and my. My um, my student loans, my car, my rent, like everything else. Like maybe it's because of that. I'm like, you know, it could be much more affordable, right? I'd like to eat this week as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just saying, guys, you know, lights in my apartment. That sounds really dope. But clean jog wheels are nice too. <laughs> If only we could have a clean jog wheel, you know, with a nice fan, you know, everything's so seamless and shit and whatnot, you know, like that'll be dope. Good feedback on it. Yeah. No. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Dude, it, it's, it's dope. It's dope. It's dope. dope. Um, oh, yeah. Back where we were. Back where we were. Yeah. Um, big mistake from these guys to make that festival to make it Omen Somiat. Let's see how long it's going to last. Let's see. You know, I got my high hopes, you know. It it is our our we consider our own festival our own base festival. That's good. Take it's that. Still, pride. pretty much is for Florida. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's that it's the fact that there isn't any on South Florida. That that's the thing because South Florida has become more of a haven for house music. Like house is still the number one genre that dominates. Like it, like even fucking ultra. Like ultra is yep. all house trends and all that shit. You look at the lineup, I kid you not, I probably counted like five or seven bass artists, bass, bass, because there's there's one that's a trap, another one's a future bass, another one is a dubset, rhythm, like seven, eight bass artists, an ultra. That's not a good mix. No, you all got house, 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 house. And I'm not counting DJ Snake as a house, like, I mean, as a bass, uh, no. I count him as. I knew what you meant there. He's not a bass artist. Yeah, no, he was before when the trap came along. Now he's now he's more on that Tichami Mala shit around, you know, making commercial like music, you know, whatever. That floor on the floor vibe. Yeah, exactly. Basically, (laughs) but yeah, like no hate, no hate. Just saying, just saying, just saying. You know, just saying. You know, we we. We knew him when he was an actual fucking one of the best trap DJs out there. Now he's more of a I don't even know what to call his genre anymore. I don't know what he plays. I'm pretty sure the only thing he plays is his own music. I mean, kudos for him. I mean, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. That Verizon Mobile type beat. I'm yeah. fucking or joking around. I'm not serious. <laughs> I'm only playing. It's it's, it's a joke. Come, shit. It's a joke, guys. It's a joke. Twitter, chill your tits down. All right, come, Please. come on, guys. That's the, like earlier, earlier before it was the rhythm. People try to hate me because I hate rhythm. Okay, guys, calm down. Yes, I hate rhythm. Let's move on. Let's move on. Right. 
fucking wolf since I rid him, hater. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. But to a year and a half from now, someone's going to catch us outside of a fucking venue listening to House and Rhythm and be like, them liars. (laughs) (laughs) They found out. They'd be waiting for us like, oh, shit. I knew I should have brought my damn knife. Damn. The one time. The one time. Fuck. (laughs) Nah, but it's in all seriousness, like, like, there's literally no bass scene here. Literally. And it's usually... Up a little bit north of Miami, like Fort Lauderdale or West Palm Beach areas, you know, Boca yeah. Raton, shit like that. And that's the only areas. I'm like, damn. Until I meet, until I meet up with these new people, these guys that have been doing a lot of um underground bass shows. Which kudos for these guys. They call underground whoops, Chris and Andy. Like these guys, shout out to those guys. I got them on the show. They invited me to their first festival that they did in Miami. It was inside a brewer dispensary shop, and it was dope. In fact, in fact, the owners they exceeded the expectations because the owners thought that was like, ah, it's these kids. They just want to, you know, have the, you know, the 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 real estate, you know, to put people. They expected that there were going to be like 50 people. It ended up like 500 people yeah. into that show. So a lot of people, bass heads, underground bass heads came along. And I was just riding there for the ride. I was just like, whoa, this is fucking dope. I show up just to support them. You know, they come, you know, they came over to my show and, you know, hey, come over. Yeah, dope. I saw it. It was a great time. It's been a while. I remember why it's been a while because shit. I maybe I don't know. Even before COVID, I never liked people being near me when they're headbagging or dancing or any shit. I like I was yeah. never a, one of those people that that want to be around the crowd. Like never. Like no, nah, I need to be VIP backstage pass all around, or I'll yeah, never get me go. on the side of the stage. I'm good to go. It's fine. But <laughs> I, I I'm not all about sitting shoulder to shoulder in that sweat box. Yeah, no, I was I wasn't I wasn't about that. You know, thankfully these guys gave me the 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 wristband for it. You know, I was just happy, and most of the time I just spent myself in the green room talking to all these local artists as well, and all right. artists who actually flew in to come over to to this festival. So it was just like dope, dope. So. Cool things happening in the future with these guys and me. So we're 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 on the words on that. I'm super Hell happy yeah. about that. So um, but yeah, and then I just meet up with people and you know, some of them they were like, Yeah, I'm done for an interview. It's like, let's do it. Let's do it. But it's like, see, like I give them these praises because shit, guys, nobody's doing this. Nobody's doing that. Like yeah. it it died out. As soon as Insomnia bought out in Forbidden Kingdom, it's like we don't got any of these heavy hitters coming over here in South Florida. It's now it's in Central Florida, which yeah. for for those of you who don't live in Florida is a big difference because a Florida is a big state is as big as fucking California or Texas. C B um, Central Florida is well, you call it it's in the fucking Central Florida for. For people like me that live in South Florida, it takes us like three to four hours just to drive over to the festival, to the venue. So it's like, yeah, it's no bueno driving three or four hours just to get to a show when I could just drive up for less than an hour and be there. So like these guys are doing their best to to bring back bass into South Florida. And I can't wait for the next show that they, they have in their words. Like I'm I'm involved with it. There's 
so other homies are involved with it and they're trying to get big uh, at least one big hitter to come to come over it you know it was but it like it needs to be done like the the base community needs to bring back in here or, or else it's just yeah it's it's gonna burn it's gonna fade we don't want that i just don't want house to be like yeah dominating everywhere like i'm done with house bro well yeah it's like no one wants a fucking monopoly like even if you are a house head, that's all fine. It, like most of the house heads I know, you'll, I'll still catch them. Like while like we're in the chats or discords, we're mixing shit. They'll jump in and they're like, "Oh, this is fucking dope." I'm like, "Don't you make houses?" Like, I don't care. I'm tired of making house today. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. <laughs> all right. I get it. Hell yeah. Sit in. I rem- the same thing for us too. Like yeah. we, we get sick and tired of making the same shit, and we'll jump in like box. We mixing something. I'll jump in and just listen to them make make the the, the, the same rhythm. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking right <laughs> that motherfucker is created with a lot of like his shit. Like he's helped me on some of my leads and stuff. And that's that's testament to all you house heads out there. That motherfucker who makes really great house music comes over and helps me on my dubstep tunes. So that tells you a lot. Don't forget bro. about us. Don't forget about us, you know? Hey, and it's funny because um we were talking about uh Fots, Andrew, and Andrew is a hilarious person, man. I love that guy, man. And we were and we were in the Discord chat, and um, one of the guys sent him over a, a track, a dubstep track, and Andrew was fucking with. It's it like, oh yeah, this is dope. But I felt like I felt compelled about it. It's like that's it. That's all the feedback you're gonna give him. Like I felt like, uh, should I say something? Cause I want to say something. I want to. I want to help him. But it, but it, but it was cool. It was all all love over there, man. Because um, and it's funny because I feel like thoughts. It's one of the few house people that I've ever talked to that I'm pretty sure no other house producer is do currently doing right now. I'm, and the reason why I'm saying that is because when we were talking in the in, in the the episode's gonna come out before this one, if you want to catch it up, um, it's that he was talking to me and we were having the nice conversation about production and creating process and the way his mentality, his mindset on making house song. It's like, shit, you have the same mindset as any given bass head, honestly, because some of the house people that I've talked to, most of them, they do the most laziest job ever to make a house song and they still plays and artists play them and labels pick them up. I'm like, damn like that's very little to nothing like i could have made it by myself it was that easy and yet you hear you got fought and he does the same creative process as any of us can do and it sounds fucking dope and it's like this is the guy that's gonna make a difference for the house scene like nobody's gonna different nobody's gonna come near him when it comes to making house music like this because uh, one of the things we were talking is the creative process. Like one f- a question that I always give to every producer is the concept of sound design. Like, do you consider sound design a luxury or a necessity? There's no right, well, wrong answers. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, I know this. I've definitely hit some hot buttons with this topic before. Um, honestly, I stand strong that it it's still a luxury at the end of the day. It is. Mm. It is nice. It can be necessary depending on the structure of the song, but it is not always required. I've heard the simplest, like sample-driven wave function beat that just slapped. 
and there was no sound design done on them whatsoever. Right. That's that's like, what I'd love to say other ways, but it's just like I, I do love a good sound design flex. Don't get me wrong. That's why I say rhythm is a tool. I said that beforehand, and I'll say it again. It is useful. It has its place, and it's necessary in certain shows. But it's a flex, mm. and a flex is not always necessary, nor is it welcome. Mm. So I stand by, stand by that sound design it's a is a luxury. It is super nice, and I'm grateful for it. But it is a luxury, in my opinion. That's very interesting. And like I said, there's no right or wrong answers with this. And I know it's a hot button issue with a lot of people that can handle this conversation. And it's funny because the majority of the bass artists that I've interviewed, they all say it is a necessity if you want to stand out. And I agree with them. I feel like as a bass producer, you don't want to sound like Zomboy. You want to be different than Zomboy. You know, it's cool That's to it. It's cool to have Virtual Riot's presets. It's cool to have their his growls and whatnot. But you don't want to sound like him. You want to sound no, you. Agree. You want to sound like you. So what do you do? You sound design. Now, sound design doesn't have to mean mean like, oh, I had to create a song out of nothing. No, you can resample. That's the most easiest yeah. way to do it and the most effective. You can take one Virtual Riot loop, resample it, chop it up, add effects, Before you know it, you got a, a banger of a drop and only came from one loop and nobody yeah. would know. Everybody will think like, holy shit, like, did you did this? And they're like, and yeah, you did that because you did the work. You process it. I, that exact thing. I've done that. Not particularly a virtual riot loop, but I'll tell you right now, it was a company loop and I chopped the shit up of that stretch, distorted and played around with it and ended up with a dope ass song. I ain't gonna lie. I did that with my last track, the one I, that I've told you before that has like a hundred likes. The drop, I'll send you the song. The drop came from a mode steps, a sample pack that they gave yeah. me. And it's the same one that's from Splice. The same one. And all I did was just resample the same song, the same sound. That's another thing that they also taught me. Resampling with one sound. Just do a drop with that one sound and believe me, you will have the gnarliest shit ever and it's the most creative thing ever to do because when you resample on sound designing, um, it's almost like one in a billion that you will sound the same as the next person when they resample the same sample. Like the yeah. chances for you to sound the same, having that one same sample and the chances are you to sound the same when you resample the next person is zero to, none. to none. Yeah. yeah like, nothing. like it's it, like my method of, of resampling is way different than yours. And I can I have guaranteed. this guarantee that you and me, you and me can have the same company grow and I'll have it in a certain way and you will have it in a different way and it's going to sound completely different. No and one no one will know we're using the same sample. Exactly. That's the thing. Nobody will know that it, it came from company. Nobody will know it. We use the same sound. Nobody will ever know. And that's the well, beauty. If you want to get right down to the root of all of it, everything is a sine wave anyways. So we're all just copying each other's sound. So what's the fucking difference? I mean, and this is something that's being well known in the industry. Sampling. People don't want to say it or admit it or anything, but it's fucking true. It, it's, it's just as much a part of it. Sampling is just as much as strong as a design point. It is. It is. It is. I mean... Like we could go like how many rap or hip hop music songs that you've listened that they basically loop it out. They sample it from some old song. Most of my beat clients 
prefer the sampling process. Like I've sat down and gone through and like literally laid out MIDI sound design and stuff with them. And they're like, this is dope. And then I like, I mess around with a couple of samples and some patches and chop. They're like, this is way better. I'm like, all right. Cause it yeah. is, it's a feel, it's a vibe, it's a sound and it's different. And like, it, it doesn't sound like every other beat. Otherwise they're not going to buy it. They yeah. At least it, if it sounded like something else they recognize. I sell them all the time. I mean, perfect. Like, look at the the whole future song, Mask Off. If you hear the flute, it came from an old Roots song. And yep. what the guy, the producer who did it, he chopped it off. He slowed down the tempo. I believe he either slowed it up or speeded it up. I don't remember. He speeded it. He looped it out, processed it. And before you know it, he just put some trap beats on top of it and then bam. Yeah, he went straight to the fucking drum pads, and that was the song. I, Melody, drums, bass line, and then they put the rap over it. GG. Let me let me let me throw you another one. Let me throw you another curveball. Same chord progression. You know what I'm talking about. I know where we're going with this one. Yeah, baby. How many times have you heard a song? And wouldn't you know it? That song has literally the same melody as another song you've heard previously. Only difference, it's a different sound. Constantly. And this is not a decade, decade long over about this. Like, no, we're talking century. Mm -hmm. And what's funny is you hear recently. Like, yeah, I'm not going to drop anything, but I could probably currently that have come out in the past six months. That like each four of these songs are the exact same progression flow, but just a different patch. And I'm just like, they all slap. They all sound good. They all slap. I mean, if it, if if it ain't bro, why why mess with it? You know, that's the I mentality. Like, yeah, I know that. I know that rhythm. Wait, I know that. Oh, I know where that came from. Whatever. Fuck it, dude. I'm. I'll drop. I'll drop some names, and I don't give a fuck because I already did an episode about it. So it's like, all right, it's a rehash of that episode. Uh the Martin Garrett song "Animals." So many songs is how that song. How many times? All from that same record label, Spinning Records. Mm-hmm. And I remember that was the butt of the joke of Spinning Records. That the, like ninety percent of their shit was just the same thing painted over again. Exactly with a different artist with in a different sound and band. That's it. Call it a day. Like and I made an episode, bro. Like it, like and I put the comparison. Say, all right, dun, 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 bum, bum, dun, bum, bum, bum. all right. Let's hear David Guetta doing it. And, and then another recent one: Alice in Wonderland and Valent- uh, Valentino Kent's house song. I just wanna do that. Dum, dun, 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 I, I even mind fuck my fiance with this shit too. Cause she was like, nah, what are you talking about? It's like her favorite song, which I I I I I learned to love it too. Cause she re she dedicated it to me. She reminds me of me, of how I am to her. It's it's by Gab- Gabby Barrett, I believe. And she um one of the good ones. That's the name of the song, one of the good ones. And as I was hearing, the first thing that came out of the lyrics. When they when the lyrics started to you know when she was starting to sing, hold on, I've heard this before. Not the lyrics, the the I, I hear the ribbon like, the like yeah, like I I hear it, and then I and it was bugging me a lot until 
I was like, oh my God, this came from the chain smokers closer. And she was like, what are you talking about? It's like, look at this. Here's the here's the closer from the chain smokers, you know. So baby, pull me closer. And that's Now here's the song for Gabby Barrett, one of the good ones. He's on the I was like, do it's the fucking same scale. Same scale, just five semitones up. Same medley. Same chord progression. And she, when I told her that, she was like, Ah, oh, why you gotta f- ruin it for me? Damn it. No, no. You take that back. You take that back. It's like, baby. You learn to live with it, though. You learn to live with it, baby. I, I've been mind fucked before with all this shit. In fact, when they tell me some of these stories about how people sample each other, I, I was mind blown the fuck out of it. I was just like, wow. So this is how it works. I'm sorry that I have to spread it out and tell you the truth. Yep. This is how. Well, here, the- all right. Then I got a question for you. Okay. So as someone who's made music and listens to music all the time, are you cursed with the producer ear as well? When you hear a new song, you can't just stop and listen to it. You automatically start to dissect it and take yes. it apart. <laughs> Every fucking time. I just can't. Like I'm like, oh, this is a cool song. And I start to listen to it. Like, I wonder how they made that sound. Oh, that, that drum's a little sharp. I'm like, stop, stop. No, no. Bro, ever since I went to audio school, Afterwards, they kick out the the customer side of me. Now it's all, oh yeah, th- it, this Mitchdown is bad. Like yep. I just critique every fucking song. Every fucking song. There's always a critique out of it. And there's always a, Dan, I wonder how they did that. That's fire. I want to do that. I can never right? enjoy songs. I can never join. That's why I had to listen to my old shit. My old rock songs, like I have to listen to Blink-182, Linkin Park, and all these guys because it was the only time in which I appreciate their music. And even so, there are times I, I listen to them and I dissect their songs and then I, and then I listen to the lyrics and, and then I get more geek about it. And it's just like, damn, I never thought about it the way I used to thought it. Like, oh, shit, bro. Now I know what that means. Oh. I think that's part of why like pop punk starting to come back with a real big swing is because like all of us in the music side and everything, we, we have that producer and we start to break down shit. Yeah. And so like we, we go back and we listen to those old records and albums we used to listen to. And now it's getting more popular because we realize we don't do that to that kind of music. No. We don't shred it apart. Natural instrumentation, we just kind of vibe and listen to. Exactly. Like, yeah, rock was basically the only genre that at least puts my stress out and doesn't make me think like a like a producer or an engineer. I just I just enjoy listening to them, enjoying the vibe out of it. Like, I just listen to lyrics out of it. I just it's fully joy out of it. Even I believe it or not, I have songs from anime shows. Sometimes the animes have these wild ass rock songs that that bro when they when you see some of oh, these yeah. openings and these endings that you they go heavy on the rock you look like oh 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 what the fuck oh, oh shit, shit. fucking was it death note when maximum the hormone did their opener that Dude. shit went hard 
or here's another drop for you is a is a weird one called Asobi Asobe, but the the ending theme is just fucking blood curdling death, dude. It's so good, dude. I can I can give you a few like fucking Demon Slayer's opening. Lisa, uh, that Japanese girl, Lisa, she's been on other animes, and when I hear some of her songs, they're like, damn, they slap. Yeah, they slap. I don't know what they're saying, but they slap. I could just enjoy the guitar and the performance overall. Even Devil May Cry, like the Devil May Cry's um rock songs, like oh yeah, DMC had a great fucking uh, like soundtrack. They, yeah. their their song selection was awesome. Was it fucking? Uh, they had Combo Christ and whatnot. And yeah, like, they, they had Combo Christ in one of the in one in one of their reboot uh, games. That was so sick when I saw that. I was like, okay, fuck yeah. I'm going to headbang and break my neck while I play yeah, this game. Yeah, exactly. I'm, Bro, it's... Probably hurt my neck probably playing that game, to be honest. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, all habits die hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, it's, but it's so cool that I can actually appreciate rock more a lot and don't have to, like, listen to the reasoning why it sounds like that. Like, no, it sounds fucking dope. Fucking let's listen to it. Let's fight for it, bro. Yeah, we're not sitting here like, oh, that sawtooth wave is too like sharp. Oh, the sounds <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Or man, I wish I could master like this guy. Oh yeah. It's like, man, listen to the mix down on this. It's like, what the fuck you mean? It's a rock song. <laughs> Play it into your speaker. That's it. That's it. Just go with it. It gets the people going. Go with it. Damn, yeah, bro. My buddy's actually does that mastering shit. It actually does mastering for professional what and I asked him, like, do you get any rock albums? He's like, Yeah. I was like, what's your process comparable to like the shit I send you to to review comparable right. to what they send? And he's like, Man, I just push the shit out of the metal. He's <laughs> like, wait, what? He's like, Yeah. As long as you can hear everything and it's loud as fuck, you're fine. I'm like you're joking. No the hardest part is the lyrics. It's like it's that. I'm over here like trying to surgically EQ <laughs> random frequencies out and shit. And he's just like, nah, just compress it. What? Dude, just compress it. That's it. I, I know he's not serious, but it was like I saw I sat down and like watched him go through it. And it's like and nothing against like the people who like master metal. There's probably gonna be a lot of people that are coming after me for this one that get really particular. But I'm just saying when I saw how quick he went through it, and he was uh mixing degen. Uh, was the particular type of like metal he was mixing. Okay. So it's already very sludgy, very detuned, low end, mm. anywho. But yeah, all he did was just like he threw like on the master, it was like two EQs, a utility, and a glue compressor, and barely made a few adjustments and just kind of upped the final fucking level. And I was like, that sounds amazing. He's like, yep, took me 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what takes us hours, it'll only take him 10 minutes. That's it. I know. I was like, how much are you getting paid for this? He's like, you don't want to know. You'll quit. It's like, all right, never yeah. mind. Don't even bother. Just, just. I, I, I feel like um, master engineers, they they always get a flat free. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter whether whether your song is a hip hop or an EDM or rock or whatever. It doesn't matter how long it takes them to master. As long as it sounds big, loud, and, t and enough for the customer for them to be like, oh, yeah. That's the flat fee for everybody. Yeah, they hit their industry standard. And basically, once it's at that point, like it doesn't clip on SoundCloud, it doesn't clip on YouTube, it doesn't clip on Spotify. That's it. Yeah. So like, there you go. There you go. Everything's at its loudest it can be. Have fun. 
I remember, bro. Like, it's, yeah, I remember that dark art mastering. These guys, I think these guys are still around. And their fees yeah. was just like a $100 fee. That's flat fee. That's it. All around. If you want to rush order, that's another 20 or 50, you yeah. know? They don't care. They just, they get it in. They do the same process to it. They get everything to the levels that they did with the last 20 tracks. They send it back out. Again, no hate to the mastering people out there that put their heart and soul into it. Y'all are the life bread. Thank you. But there's a good chunk that are just like, all right, glue, cap, limit, go. Yeah. I think, I think I just took that mentality because I was, it's, I'm going to confess something, guys. Um, yes, I went to audio school. I learned a lot. But some of the classes that I was into, like mixing and mastering, I kind of skipped it. Like I was there, but I was working on my craft and working on myself. And I felt that was more important than listening to mixing mastering. I noticed that later in my career was a mistake. Good thing. Mitzing wise, I got that shit back and I can mix properly now. A good Ooh. mix can save a bad master. Yes. Just remember that a good master can't save a bad mix. Something that my professor told me is like, if the song sounds like shit, it's going to sound like shit. Like yeah, mastering is not going to do anything. Mastering is just going to push that shit. To make it loud, make it loud shit. shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> if it's a turd, it's a turd. Like, there's yeah. no way. There's no way to fix that. It's on the mixing part. So, yep. Because I skipped the mastery, and mind you, go, going back again to Curless Castle, um, he taught me how to master as well with with using the the using the most minimal shit with Ableton and Ozone. And probably fat filter. I think he taught me to go fat filter on it. Um, mastering. I don't. I don't remember. Actually, I use fat filter a lot to mixing. I don't use it to mastering. But, yeah. but yeah, he just taught me with the most minimal shit, right? And to this day, I still forgot how to do it. It's just not something that sticks. No, that is why I learn it. I learned from Mazdai. I learned that he doesn't master his tracks. I've heard that as well. I'd love to confirm one day. One, yeah, one. It. No, I, I, I believe he did mention it in a podcast with uh, Willie Joy, I think. I believe he did mention it because that's how I learned. That's how I knew. That's how I knew that he doesn't master his tracks, which is wild to me. It's like, holy shit. Like, if I listen to all his shit, it's like, like the fan service EP. That fan service truck is like, like it has the highest no peach frequency, yet yeah. it sounds so tight. It's, it's super clean. Like his signature sound, like his high pitch screech and every other EP and album, his latest album. It's so there, it's so tight, yet he, he according to him, he's like, he has a mastered them. To me, that's wild to me. I was like, but at the same time, I kind of like took, I went with his, you know, philosophy. If it sounds good, it sounds good. You don't need to mess around with the mastering. Like if yeah. it's already clipping enough, as long as it's not distorting. If the food's delicious, don't add salt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. Great. It's a great way to say it. <laughs> yeah. It don't need salt. Leave it alone. Again, I'm going to send you the song. I'm going to send you this, the last song I, I made. And I didn't master it for whatever shit reason. Like, like I said, ah, it sounds amazing. Like, and it's, I remember it was clipping, but it was, it doesn't sound distorted. That's what I was content by it. And everything okay. sound as tight as, as it is, you know? So I and went with that. The time my chain is like a mid-side EQ and a limiter. That's my entire mastering set. That's all I've done for the past year now. That's how I have it right now. I always have like a preset mastering chain. Like, all right, this is what's going to make it sound louder and much more wide, I guess. It's not doing yeah. rating anything. It's just, make, it's just making sure that it's not clipping much, that it doesn't sound distorted, and it sounds loud. Yeah, it's hitting the levels that I need it to. That's it. Yeah. It's just a little pre-tool that you can adjust your knobs to be like, this is where it needs to sit. The rest is in the mix. Exactly. So take it from us, guys. Um, if you're looking for priorities, like mixing should be the number one priority. Mastering is like, eh, if you want to. If you want to. If you want. It's Now, that is something I will say. Mastering is a, it's a luxury. For EDM yeah. producers, for EDM, for EDM producers. producers, yes, like me, make that claim clear for EDM producers, not for every other genre. Every other genre has their own shit. Sometimes you really need to master those songs, you know. But for yeah. EDM, if your mix is tight and it sounds loud and it doesn't sound distorted, go for it. Yep. I mean, my Maybe song is on Spotify and all these other platforms, and right now they haven't flagged me for anything. They say like, "Oh, it's approved." Yeah. We like yep. it. Fuck with it. Yeah. So that if more people want like proof to say that mastering is a luxury. I have one word for you. Hyper pop. You listening to it? It's blown the fuck out. There's no mastering to half of that shit. And yet it is getting millions, millions of plays regularly. That That's whole genre wild. is blowing the fuck up. That's and there's wild. almost zero mastering to it. So mastering is it is it's a luxury. It's, it, it is, is super nice and useful in certain genres. Like if you're going to do hip hop or pop, fucking right. master. Yeah. But if you're making EDM, if you're doing dubstep or even hyper pop. Nah, you can lay the fuck off it sometimes. If your mix is clean, your mix is clean. If it slaps, it slaps. Exactly. Exactly. Going back again with the whole sound designing, um, you know, combo. Um, in my perspective, I do believe sound designing is a, is a nets and necessity for bass producers to stand out, but do I believe it's your number one priority? No. It's definitely in the top three or top five, however you want to categorize it. I do believe that mixing is one of them. It should be like one of your number one or two, at least, at best. And knowing song structure should be your number one concept. That's something people leave out all the time. Yes. Is the structure and the build of the song. Not yes. Not like your build up, but how the song is put together. Yeah. Like, you'll get like these people with like 32 bar long drop and then an eight bar fucking build back to another 32. Like knock that shit off. Yeah. That's a tool. That's not a song at that point. Like that's something I also agree to. Okay. So tracks and songs are two different things. Yes. Yes, we have the two different definitions about that because for us producers, a track means it's a channel. Basically, a song is yeah. the, it's the whole, the whole, the whole thing, the whole thing, you know. But a track 
is basically us describing the channel that this fin is working, where this is producing this this sound at this specific time. And then there's the other aspect of like when people consider like certain like tracks as in songs and albums or catalogs or anything. Mm, right. Where where I believe like a, a song and like what would like a consumer would consider a track different. Like, okay, so there's a lot of rhythm that are tracks. And then there's some rhythm that are songs. Because mm. like those tracks, they feel like when you listen to them, it feels like a third of a song. It's just like a piece of it, which is why they double or triple or quad drop so well. They're great for chopping because they're a piece of a whole thing. That's also why I kind of look at a lot of rhythm as a tool more than anything, because it's really just a chunk of a song. It's not really the song until that second drop, until you double drop the, the track on it. And mm. now it's full. That sound register is there, everything. Because like, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of basic tracks that are good for mixing, where you get like, you you got like the drums, a melody, and then there's like a bass line. That's really it. And then you've got another one that's got like two layered melodies and like some more highs, and then the drum and the bass. But you cue the bottom out when you're mixing, anyways, for, yeah. that, for like a layer. But when you layer those two together, it actually sounds like a full fucking song. Whereas by themselves, it just sounded like that quarter note flow. Mm. Techno version of dubstep rhythm, guys. Yeah, that's where I say it's like there's also like a difference in that aspect between tracks and songs. Like you can play a track out and you're like, okay, this is cool. And the song is everything, the whole mm. spectrum. The EQ's fucking full. It's there. You're not. Yeah. Mass, there's no empty spots. It's just this massive emotional vibe. Right. And then there's tracks. And there's tracks. <laughs> bounce, 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 bounce. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, all right. <laughs> When's the drop coming? I mean, that's how I feel in every rhythm set. I'm sorry, guys. I keep bringing it up, but it, that's how I feel about it. That's how I feel about it. See, I don't have a problem if I'm if I'm DJing and I'm I'm putting some heavy drops, and then once in a while I put a rhythm just to cool things down. Okay, that's fine. I'll throw another rhythm around the set just to cool things down as well. That's fine. But to hear that same song over and over for an entire hour set, like, fucking hey, bro. Give me variety. Give me something that's yeah. not monotonous, you know? Like something I said, to bring the energy back up, not just the same solid stomp. My, my fucking, my back's going to hurt if I'm literally kicking to the same beat all night long for a fucking two hours <laughs> set. Come on now. I don't know how these guys do it. They They just go ham about it. I'm just like, Maybe it's right, the old right, me. Cool. Maybe yeah, fuck yeah. But I couldn't. I myself couldn't do no, that shit. I couldn't. I I can. Like I, I I'll I, I'll hurt my back if I I'm I'm dead. I'll break my neck. Literally break my neck. Yeah, you're not ah, seeing ah. me do high knees for an hour and a half. Yeah. Sorry, man. <laughs> the rhythm people are gonna come after us, man. They're gonna come right. After. I'm, I'm gonna end up fucking jumping back into the grocery boy chat and they're just be like, you're a traitor. Like, yeah, I, I warned y'all. You get they're gonna go sword trooper on you. Shum, traitor. I'm just gonna go back into my color hole. That's fine. I'll make more. Hey, but again, again, we love future rhythm. We embrace it. We embrace the future rhythm. We don't raise exactly. Rhythm as much, but we embrace the future rhythm. Okay, guys, calm your tits. Okay, calm your tits. All right, we're all 
fans of bass bass music overall. We yeah. like all At our bass music. We're all bass heads. It's all okay. It's all okay. Now, is there any other genres besides, you know, you know, dubstep or rhythm, you know, that you actually fuck a lot with, you know, like it doesn't have to be like making, but also like listen to. Well, like, I'm not, like if I'm trying to stray out of like electronic, because like obviously. What's going on, everyone? If you guys made it all the way to the end of the episode and you feel kind of left out, like why didn't the episode finish like? Don't worry, guys. It's okay. The episode was way too big for me to put it in just one episode that I had to divide the episode because there was so many good content and so many good topics and discussions that it cannot be discussed other one episode, but had to divide it so we can always have brand new episodes with brand new topics every Friday. Always remember that. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and of course the YouTube channel at lonewolfpod.com that's right lonewolfpod.com where you can check all my latest episodes and always remember to comment down below let me hear your thoughts share your experiences if you guys got a certain topic that you want me to cover for the next episode please let me know on the comments down below and i'll do my best to do so so thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one Deuces.